Yes! Get that! One time! Woo! Oh yeah! Can you dig it? Alright, welcome back in. You were listening to the June 1st, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotoviz podcast, and we are dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions, and we are brought to you by FFPC. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe. Joining me today on the inaugural show is the editor-in-chief of the Player Profiler's famous draft kit, host of the Big Tilt DFS podcast, one of my favorite DFS podcasts to listen to, by the way, which kicked off last football season. He's over at Roto Underworld Radio and a contributor over at Numberfire. Welcome to the show, Eric McClung. You can find him on the tweets, at Eric McClung. And I'd be remiss not to mention Delvin Lamar Organ Trio, bringing in that sweet Hammond organ grooves for this show, baby. So, Eric... My man, you are the first one, literally the first one on this season's mailbag. I, I couldn't think of anybody else I'd rather bring on the show. Woo! Wow, wow. <laughs> Jeremy, a shot out of a cannon. Uh, yeah, great <laughs> to be here. Love love the mailbag. Friday is for the mailbags, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I hope I can match your energy. I love being on the very first show. Well, you know what? We're, we're all about the energy here, and we're all about the organ grooves. And, you know, because I'm listening to all these podcasts around the world, right? And, and even this podcast last season, everybody's about the cool, new, modern tech, new wave type of pod intros. I'm like, we just got to be contrarian here. We're going to, we're going to take it back. We're going to bring it funky. So we're bringing the funk here this season while we try to bring all the offseason questions for the week, whether, whether it's dynasty trades, player and team outlooks, offseason prep, you name it. Uh, before we dive right in, Eric, of course, as alluded to, you you're the editor-in-chief of the Eliteness Draft Kit over at the Player Profiler. Give RV Nation all the deets, what we need to know, what to expect, when to expect it, and why this isn't your everyday run-of-the-mill draft kit. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, so, yeah, just go to playerprofiler.com. You take a look at the top there. You'll see there is a draft kit uh, with the new little icon there. You click on that, and I think you're going to be pretty blown away. Uh, we uh, essentially kidnapped... Uh, ben Gretsch uh, bribed him to uh, to write up some incredible uh, team previews, team insights on all 32 teams. These are massive, uh, very extensive articles, uh, pretty much worth the the entry price alone just uh, to get a hold of that. And and you can read several of those uh, over on PlayerProfiler.com uh, under articles. So we've been releasing those. Um, and then you want to take take a look at our player previews. We have uh, not a top 100, not a top 200, but a top 300. Uh, so just a, a huge extensive list for you to go through. Uh, these are full length player bur- blurbs. Uh, we're not shortchanging you. Uh, you know, a lot of kits, other projection sites, you scroll down once you get past, uh, you know, 150 or so things start to thin out in terms of the content, but not with this, uh, all 300, very extensive and 200 of those players, uh, have videos as well. And 60 of those are special guest analysts from all over the fantasy industry. Uh, I can go on and on. Uh, Evan Silva, JJ Zacharyson, uh, this Jeremy Hart guy who, who uh, hosts this incredible podcast, also one of the guys uh, doing the uh, the guest videos as well. So, uh, yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, and it's available now. This uh, actually launched uh, the day that we recorded this. So uh, not only great to be on the mailbag for the first episode uh, of 2018 but uh, yeah it coincides with the launch of the world famous uh, draft kit over on player profiler please definitely check it out 
It's a beautiful thing. And head over on Twitter, at Roto Underworld. Take a look at some of the, the previews just to get a glimpse of what you might be missing if you're not going to purchase this draft kit. really is top-notch stuff. And it's almost like the reverse of the six-minute abs, right? I think that was uh, not something about Mary, but one of those movies where it was like, why would you do eight-minute abs when you can do six-minute abs? Well, it's like, why would you do a top 100 list when you can have a top 200 or even better, a top 300 list? That's That's the way I look at it anyhow. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, and also, yeah, if you take a look uh, on our on our Twitter account, the the pin tweet there, we've got uh, a, a cool trailer, and pretty much shows you exactly kind of the. It's it's hard to talk about on a podcast, but visually, this is all very very cool as well. You know, you scroll down the list, you click on the player, boom, he pops up. Uh, we've got uh, our own Peter Howard uh, at PA Howie did a he has his own custom uh, exclusive projection system uh, just for this draft kit, so you can take a look at the stats again, the player blurb, the video. Um, you, you really can't beat it. Great stuff. And now, of course, you had the opportunity to compile, look at everything in the draft kit as an editor. So give me, an uh, RV Nation, your three biggest takeaways this offseason as you've kind of delved into everything, whether it's uh, player, team, or draft strategy specific. Yeah, so one of the things that we really wanted to do with the draft kit is kind of, and specifically the cheat sheet, which is a, a, it's a, it's a full one through 300 ranking as if you were going to go into a draft. This is what you're going to draft off of. So with that idea in mind, we devalued quarterbacks and tight ends. So really the biggest thing coming into this season is there are just so many quarterbacks. I mean, if you're in a single QB league, you can just wait for Ben Roethlisberger as a late round quarterback, which is sort of an unfathomable thing a few years ago. But between the narratives of, you know, his age, home road splits, all that kind of stuff, he's just a boring guy at this point. Yet he's got the, you know, some of the best weapons in the league. So just wait around and get, you know, get Big Ben as your quarterback. Same deal with tight ends. You know, we, we push those down on the kid as well because after, you know, Gronk, after Kelsey, Ertz, which, you know, really last year essentially just scored a bunch of touchdowns, was, but was basically been the same guy the last three years. So you could make an argument there. But after Ertz, you know, all these guys are pretty much the same. So with that idea in mind, that's, you know, pretty much how we ranked it. So this is, we're hitting it hard with running backs and wide receivers. And, you know, we devalue the quarterback and the tight end. Yeah, absolutely. You got to hit it hard where uh, a lot of those flex positions are won for some of these leagues and trying to win that championship. And we're hitting it hard here on Rotoviz all offseason, updating all the apps and tools and resources. So you're going to want to go ahead and check that out. I know our main man, Dave Cabin, over on the flagship show has also been working on some really cool draft um, tools and resources that you have at your disposal in addition to some of the updates uh, coming to the projection machine, the Dynasty ADP app, the MFL 10 app is already out there so be on the lookout for some new updates there and uh, while you do so you're going to get a 30% discount to the Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Again your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content and oh by the way it also supports this pod you can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz radio channel on iTunes. We also have a channel dedicated to the fantasy football mailbag Rotoviz radio podcast so take a look at that and of course if you do that you're going to be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league over at the FFPC. Just go to iTunes, leave a review with your name on it, and then listen to future episodes to hear if you are actually a winner. And also, if you are interested in being in the FFPC league with some of the Road of His writers and podcasters, email us, rotofhisradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get that set up. All right, Eric, let's delve in. 
jump away with some of these QQs for the week. First one is both Dino and Redraft. Despite dropping rocks on cars, the charges against Christian Kirk were dropped. Is there any foreshadow here for future incidents and a devalue from a dynasty perspective, or is he still all systems go? Also, can he be depended on for year one production? So with Christian Kirk, it definitely seems like it's all systems go. Apparently, Arizona knew about this incident you know, beforehand and, and still, you know, still drafted him very highly. So no, if Arizona didn't have a problem with it, I don't either. Year one, I'm a, I'm a little worried. I mean, you know, he pretty much, I know the biggest Christian Kirk believers say he can play outside, but we know he's very, very good in the slot. However, Larry Fitzgerald is going to occupy that for certainly next season, as long as Larry Fitzgerald wants to continue to play. Um, so yeah, year one projection, uh, production rather, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Michael Gallup guy, hashtag team giddy up. Uh, <laughs> so I would, I would take Gallup. I like Gallup more, um, in rookie drafts. I like him more certainly in re, in redraft as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not concerned if, you know, I, I still think he's, you know, probably early second round pick, I would say in dynasty, as long as it's not, uh, you know, two QB. So I'm not, not worried at all about that year one though. Yeah. I'll, I'll be a little bit more concerned for that. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. I definitely like the the foresight for him long term here, but I mean, he's not going to be a guy that I would depend on for year one production. To your point with Michael Gallup, I think you can look there. I think you can look to Anthony Miller. I think the doors, the window is going to open up for Traquan Smith. Uh, it's just you know, just the style of, of New Orleans and how they play. You know, kind of that space invasion, so to speak. So those are the types of guys I would depend on if you're drafting in Dino and looking for year one production. Uh, the next one here, Team Outlook. Look, Allen Robinson appears to be on track. This question is about his usage, however. Takes seem to be kind of muddying on the Bears across the industry and whether or not Allen Robinson will be used as a true wide receiver one. Is he a value at his current ADP or is he being drafted at his ceiling? Yeah, so taking a look actually now that I have the uh, the cheat sheet uh, available to me here on our site. Uh, yeah, we have his rank 32 overall, his ADP. Uh, from the source that we're using is around 40. So, uh, we like him actually a little bit more than consensus talking about Allen Robinson. Uh, so yeah, I, I would certainly be okay with him as, as a wide receiver one. You know, you probably have gone early running back. So if this is the guy that I'm leaning on as a, as a WR1, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's totally fine. I do like Miller in the slot as well, uh, in Chicago going back to the first question. So, um, yeah, I like the situation. It's definitely up. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky I love a lot as a late round quarterback so yeah I, I like Chicago a lot I, I do think though the hype is increasing more and more so maybe this mm-hmm. ADP is probably going to continue to go up if anything uh, at that point maybe I'm going to jump off but for right now I'm totally fine with it yeah I'm with you 100 I I am uh, you know and I'm an avid Bears fan, so I'm not going to let my bias get into it here. Um, you know, I'm trying to stay reserved in the whole recreation of the the St. Louis thing, but I mean, I think the bottom line is the targets are going to be there. They have to be there, and uh, I think you can depend on them at his current price. Um, Eric, what are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? You know, the best best purchase, um, you know, I got a lot of use out of a bed. I'm actually in a, in the market now to get a new bed. And I was just thinking about reading this question. I was like, man, I got got a lot of value out of that bed. So that, that turned out to be a pretty good purchase. Um, the worst purchase No, hold on. Though, I, I got to stop you yeah. there. So we're talking okay. about value in the bed, okay? So what de- mm-hmm. what determines the value in the bed for you? I mean, are we talking price? Are we talking comfort? Are we talking mileage? 
Eh? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a lot of good memories in, in there as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, at the time I spent, you know, a little bit more than, than I wanted to, but it was a really nice pillow top bed. And yeah, I got a lot of years out of it. A lot of, uh, a lot of highlights, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> put up <laughs> on there as well. So, uh, yeah, all around just, uh, yeah, just a great time. Uh, worst purchases though are conventional fantasy football magazines. Do not buy them. <laughs> I could, I could, you know, it's it, well, nicely done because I was going to say I'm about to make my best purchase in getting the, the world elite, uh, draft kit. I, I know I'm coining the phrase wrong, but I'm just going to say the eliteness, so the, the eliteness Roto Underworld player profiler draft kit. Does, does that work? That's about to be my best purchase. Yes. It is the, the Roto Underworld world famous draft kit. Okay. That's, that's it. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like halfway there. I'm overdoing it. I'm not sure. Either way, we'll we'll move on from there. <laughs> Redraft, the offseason moment we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall is officially a Seattle Seahawk. He's shooting up draft boards with the news. Uh, what round should he top off, uh, you know, just based on the uncertainty, uncertainty in his role? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too crazy about it. Um, you know, Matt and I actually talked about, um, Brandon Marshall, where we we're going to throw him into the draft kit. Cause this happened like right before we were ready to launch. And, you know, pretty much the, the thought that, uh, that he had is this could be Reggie Wayne with new England where, you know, he's there for a little while and training camp starts. And he's like, nah, I'm good. And he leaves. I mean, Marshall only played in New York with, with the giants to do his uh, studio show, right inside the NFL. So now he's he's going to go out to Seattle. Is he still doing his TV show? Is he going to pick the TV show over playing? You know what's really going to happen. So uh, to answer the question, uh, I mean, I take him. You know, I guess in the later rounds. But it's interesting that he signed somewhere before Des Bryant. I guess um, Jeremy Macklin's out there as well. So uh, I would not be surprised at all. Brandon Marshall just doesn't play this year. Oh gosh, I mean, did Seattle really coin Brandon Marshall as the arbitrage Des Bryant? Did that happen? <laughs> hey, maybe Marshall, uh, yeah, hangs it up and, and then Des pops in. Who knows, who knows what's going to happen? But we, yeah, we yeah, know not, what's really going on if, if Brandon Marshall comes out with a grunge album, right? I mean, then we know what's going on there. I mean, if, if anything, if Tyler Lockett looks really healthy, I think this is going to make Tyler Lockett a great value. So use it, use it to get uh, a discount on Tyler Lockett. Yeah, that's a great point. If the, if any way, shape or form, this, this, decreases the ADP on Tyler Lockett, that's when I'll jump in there. Yeah, I mean, we we saw him in New York. We didn't see much of him. I don't know. Maybe he's he, – I can't even say he's the locker room presence because everything we've seen, you know, he hasn't been a locker <laughs> no, room. Definitely not that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even if Marshall does stick with the team and, and suits up for week one, again, I think it's just going to drag the, the value down on Tyler Lockett. So I think that's I think that's really the opportunity here. All right, redraft. Jarek McKinnon was able to be had for a fourth rounder a month ago, but now I likely need to use a second rounder for him, according to this question. I've seen him go in the third round. Some people are starting to take him in the second round. Is his rise due in part to the position simply being valued so highly this year, or is he worth the pick due to everyone maybe being a little too low on him about a month ago? Yeah, I think a lot of people just kind of breathe a sigh of relief after the draft where the Niners didn't take anybody of consequence. Cause even if they took a decent, like say like an Edo Smith or somebody like a, an interesting, a Justin Jackson, an interesting backup that would bring McKinnon down a little bit, but they didn't do that. Uh, you know, Matt Breida wasn't, wasn't particularly great. I think Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols on the practice squad is their best backup running back behind McKinnon. So I think that this is, is logical. I think if anything, he'll, he'll go past guys like LaShawn McCoy, um, I definitely would take McKinnon over McCoy. Devontae Freeman, if his knee issues, if he's slowed to with, with that and coming back and whatnot, 
I think you could see McKinnon slip past the the OG Kyle Shanahan running back uh, with Freeman. So I think McKinnon is going to continue to go up, just like Allen Robinson will continue to go up. I think it's justified, uh, but in this situation, you know, you can take a look. These elite receivers are slipping in drafts, so um, that's probably the, the the best way to play this. But I think McKinnon in the second, it, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. I would do it. Yeah, I'm with you all about the the elite wide receivers slipping there and, and taking that route early on in drafts. Um, I'm I'm 100 on board with Jarek McKinnon. Like if I have to take him in the second round, I don't give a shit. I'll still take him in the second round. Um, you know, it's, traded away a, a rookie 1.7 for him before the draft. Took the quote unquote gamble, and because it was like, look, Kyle Shanahan took this guy in. I, granted, he doesn't have a lot of the mileage. You know, that's one of the things that's more predictive of future production is previous production, and he didn't quite have. It, although he had the efficiency, and that's not necessarily always something we bank on. But you know, once you couple that with the opportunity he's going to get, and now of course, to your earlier point, he he escaped the draft, so to speak. So I mean, it, it, pending injury, which is what we can say about any running back, I honestly don't see why he isn't clearly a top ten back and and can push into that top five range. Um, so that's I'm I'm all systems go on Jarek McKinnon here. Eric, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? Wow. I mean, we're going down a really dangerous road with, with the bed conversation and the now <laughs> inanimate objects. Um, I guess, you know, I, I it's was a thinking rabbit, about this one it? all day. It's, it's the rabbit. Uh, what's that? It's the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> you went there. Um, I had you. Yeah, sorry. Oh, gosh. Carry on. I guess, Carry you, on. Yeah, I could go one, one of two ways. I guess you could... You know, if there's something you're really interested in learning, like economics or history or something, being uh, like the stapler on the desk of, you know, like the greatest like professor or, or teacher of that subject would be interesting, getting a, a whole year's worth of that. Um, if you're obviously into sports, uh, being some uh, object, random object in the stadium, like the, I guess, the scoreboard or something, you could sit there and watch your team. Uh, it would be boring, I guess, in between games, unless they have, you know, concerts or other things going on in the stadium. But uh, you basically have uh, season tickets to your favorite team for a year. That's not a bad way to go. Like being the jumbotron in Dallas. I mean, you could live a worse life, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> then again, you are in Jerry's world, so who knows what the hell is going to happen to you. Uh, we're, we're all in Jerry's world anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Redraft, I can't help but wonder why Emmanuel Sanders is getting drafted. What seems to be so low this offseason in best ball, the quarterback situation got better, the running back situation got better. What am I missing? Yeah, like it. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders has become sort of that like that older, boring guy. But, yeah, you look at the numbers and he always ends up being pretty darn good. You know, Demarius Thomas continues to slip a little bit further. Sanders has been aging a, a little bit better. I know he played injured, uh, I think it was like an ankle or some sort of a lower body injury late last year, which is why his numbers went down. But, you know, Case Keenum, we saw, you know, this is sort of like a, a poor man's version where, you know, it's the same sort of concentrated target deal that he had in Minnesota. But, you know, instead of Thielen and Diggs, it's this, you know, switch with, uh, with, with Sanders and Thomas. So I think it could, I think it could t- continue to work. Um, as long as Sanders looks healthy and we don't have any reason to believe he's not, uh, I'm with you. I, I do think, uh, I guess maybe in best ball, he's just sort of like boring. You know, he's not going to necessarily pop off for like a huge, uh, for a huge game. But, uh, yeah, overall, he's, he's definitely undervalued and, uh, yeah, not, not a bad option at all. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy is at least around maybe two rounds 
underpriced right now. And, and even for best ball, that's one of the great misnomers in best ball, right? Is if, if your guy doesn't boom or bust, he's not a good pick for best ball. When it's like, wait a minute, since when yeah. was week to week consistency a bad thing? And granted to your point, you know, he, he, he wasn't up to snuff last year, but you know, that's, that recency bias is what gives us its value that we talk about every off season. And that's why, uh, yeah, he's, he's underpriced right now. Yeah. The floor matters too. The floor matters. A strong floor like this, yeah, that's plenty, plenty fine. Especially when you get a lot of mileage with your bed and the rabbit. I mean, the floor matters. <laughs> <laughs> Dynasty. Woo! I have a contending team, and I'm wondering if I should be making plays for Dez and Adrian Peterson. If so, what would their worth be in terms of rookie picks? So, of course, uh, you know, we've got rumors with Dez to San Fran. We've got rumors with Adrian Peterson to either Miami or Green Bay. I mean, what, what are you doing with these cats? Now, Peterson, I'm. I'm not interested at all there. Uh, Dez, I, maybe, uh, if you, you know, I don't know. If, you know, I, I'm stuck with Dez in one dynasty league, and, you know, I haven't really, I think I got like an offer for like a late third or something at some point, but <laughs> that's about it. Um, yeah, I would maybe take a, a little bit of a shot, check on the Dez owner if he's uh, just looking to move on. I think that's okay. Peterson, I don't think it's going to happen. There's been, you know, it's been pretty, pretty beat. Uh, trying to find any news on, on Peterson. So I, I'm not interested at all there. I mean, he probably would be on the, the waiver wire at this point, you know, people cut, making cuts for rookie picks, um, in the draft. So Peterson, I imagine, is probably gone in, in most spots, but Des, yeah, I have maybe a little bit interested there. I do think he'll sign at some point. Whether or not he can play is, is, uh, is another question, but yeah, I, I take a little bit of a shot. Yep, with you there as well. All right, fuck, Mary kill, the running back per round edition. So here we go. Who do you, of course, like, not like, want to marry, want to kill, blah, 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 with uh, running backs in their respective draft value? So Ezekiel Elliott in the first, Dalvin Cook in the second, Rashad Penny in the third. All right, so let's uh, we're going to kill Ezekiel Elliott in the first because at that point I'm probably going to take Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins anyway. Uh, I think Zeke is the clear RB4, uh, you know, Gurley, uh, being one. So yeah, Elliot, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with an elite wide receiver there. So we'll kill him. Um, fuck Dalvin Cook in the second coming off a knee injury. I thought Cook was a great value last year in drafts. And now despite being hurt, we see this huge increase. Um, so I'm not interested in that. So I guess I'm going to marry Rashad Penny in the third just because he's the cheapest. It's probably going to be very, very ugly volume, but it will be volume nonetheless. And uh, we know Seattle has learned that they want to run the ball uh, close to the goal line. So, yeah, I would go Penny in the third just because it's the cheapest. Let's marry that. I man, you. This is why you're on the inaugural inaugural. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You're. This is why you're on. I mean, you nailed every single portion of that. I mean, why would this is what's killing me? I like. Uh, projections are going to tell you Ezekiel Elliott number four, right? But I mean, the Rashad Penny in the third with the ugly opportunity is why you don't take Ezekiel Elliott in the first, who's also going to have ugly opportunity. They're going to be in some negative game scripts, and it, it's not like he caught a whole shit ton of passes, right? So I mean, that's the type of first round potential bust that I just rather avoid. Let somebody else take, and to your point, take AB at that point and just give yourself the guaranteed consistency. Dalvin. Cook, yeah, I mean, are they going to trust him with the rock like everybody is is giving him the nod for right now coming off the injury? He's a young back. I, I, I'm a little bit yeah, more Mur reserved. Murray looked 
Murray looked pretty good when they needed him last year. Yeah. And just the way the cheat sheet has it, we have uh, actually Le'Veon Bell, one, Gurley, two, David Johnson, three, A.B., Hopkins, four, and five, and then Ezekiel Elliott, followed by Saquon Barkley. So that's uh, I'll give you a look at, at the top seven there. So, oh. uh, yeah. So that that's the that's the way I would uh, pretty much go. I probably would take Gurley one, but you know we're, we're we're splitting hairs at that point. Absolutely. All right. Well, it looks like they're going to be splitting hairs in Cleveland here with the next question. It felt pretty darn good about Carlos Hyde this offseason before the Browns went and drafted Nick Chubb here. Now Hyde's value is down. I can't figure out if I want to cut my losses or sell them for whatever I can get, or will there be enough volume to go around? Maybe it's a two-back system long-term with Duke Johnson on the potential outs what say you so i'm with you here it's been hard because i do have carlos hyde in in uh one of my more important leagues and yeah we pretty much had this specter the whole time you know leaving san francisco cleveland looked good but then there was all the rumors if they would go barkley and nuke hyde that way and then day one of the draft that doesn't happen okay everything looks great for carlos hyde and then oh no the next day, <laughs> we get Nick, Nick Chubb dropped on us. So I'm totally with you here. The problem is, I mean, I don't think there's any point in selling low right now, uh, especially because it's it's been low for a little while now. So I'm I'm going to hold tight. You know, Cleveland's coaching staff, we know it's not uh, it's not the best and the brightest. Let's put it that way. So Hugh Jackson might just say, "Hey, Carlos Hyde's a veteran. That's the guy I'm going to give the majority of the carries to." This Nick Chubb guy, I don't know that much about him. We'll you know, know we'll see what happens with him. Uh, and, ro- and rotate them. So in the best case scenario here is Hyde gets double-digit carries in week one and week two, and then now you can talk to somebody and, you know, and regain some of this value and, and get out that way. There you go. <laughs> That's definitely Hugh Jackson, by the way. Like, he's just looking at the backfield going, oh. Right. Oh. Mm. <laughs> has, he ju- has he jumped in the lake yet? Has he? Has Hugh Jackson jumped in the lake yet? Has that happened? More importantly, has he jumped in the lake with a cinder block tied around his ankles? <laughs> uh, we don't condone that. No, uh, not, not but, at all. Uh, at Hugh, all. Hugh, 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 please get in the lake already. <laughs> Of his fam, Jeremy Hart wrote of his radio. Let me tell you about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up, and the FFPC has a format to suit interest and budget. Whether you like best ball or super flex or classic managed leagues, there are drafts daily with entry fees starting at just $35. Jump into a slower live draft today. If you like Dynasty, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at just $77 and going up to $2,500. Here is something incredible. Not a single Dynasty league has folded in eight years. New Dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis. Do not miss the FFPC experience, folks. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football.
All right, moving on here. The aforementioned, uh, very briefly, Duke Johnson in Dynasty or a 2019 second and third round pick. I, I would I would move those picks and acquire Duke Johnson if I can do that. 2019, you know, we're so we've got a, a full year of whatever Duke Johnson does this year, and you know, the talk, uh, you know, everybody's excited. Jarek McKinnon hit, hitting free agency. Naturally, the next guy for that to happen is Tevin Coleman, but. But Duke Johnson is also pending free agent, so he can get the Jarek McKinnon treatment. And that 2019 second and third is going to look really smart if Duke Johnson lands in a primo spot. So, yeah, I get a full year Duke Johnson. Those picks happen later. It's not a first, so second, third, anything can happen. If I'm a contender, those are later in in those rounds anyway. So, yeah, Duke Johnson definitely, I think it could be, because his role hasn't changed. You know, we talked about Hyde, we talked about Chubb. That really doesn't even matter. That doesn't really affect Duke Johnson anyway. So he's pretty much the same guy. You get a full year of him, and then hopefully lands in an even better spot in 2019. So, yeah, Duke Johnson for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm 100% with you, by the way. I, I'm it, it, This never happens in the NFL, but I still feel like they could still move him this year. I, I think Chubb being the early down guy, Carlos Hyde having enough – you know, to take on a, a somewhat pass catching role, we've seen him do that in San Fran. So I I think he could still be moved, and that value can shoot way up here to your point, and you know more sooner than later. So yeah, guys like Duke Johnson, Corey Coleman, these are the type of guys you want to hang on to and acquire. But more importantly, here, um, you know, unlike how you know Hugh Jackson just just completely takes a shit with toilet paper in Cleveland from a coaching perspective. We need to know the most critical pressing issues in society today, Eric, and that's the toilet paper roll in your household. Do you put it on over or under? So in other words, are you swiping down on your toilet paper roll or are you pulling it out from the back? Very yeah, this is a great stuff. question. This is really the only reason I'm here on the mailbag was to <laughs> confront this particular question. You know, I think I'm pulling from the back, but with the stipulation that a lot of times I'm not the one that changes the toilet paper um, because my son is he's six years old. He can do that. So it's kind of whatever he decides on doing. um, That's pretty much what I'm going to go with. But I think if I do it, I think I'm pulling from the back. Is that is that the right answer? I need I need to know, Jeremy. No, this is an epic. It's the front. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just. God damn it. Oh, gosh. You know, I just it's. You know, here, here's what I'll say in your favor. Okay. In your favor, many people will say it's more cleanly to pull it down and only put your hands on what you're going to use. To which, however, I say you still got to like roll it around three times before you can find it in the back before you can actually pull it down. Because realistically, you never get it right on the first shot anyway. So, so the, just the, the pro move is to put it on. So you just swipe it down once in the front. You still only touch it once and then you can just side swipe a couple squares. Whoosh, right off the front there and in this house my wife always puts it on the back eric always and it pisses me off you know i'm gonna this is when this uh when this gets tweeted out i will i will respond i will take a picture of how my toilet roll the toilet (laughs) roll is currently positioned uh i will take a picture of that and respond to the the tweet uh from uh road of his radio with with a picture of however the toilet paper is set up i think it's from the back but i I could be wrong but I, i will make that promise to you 
like I said, the, the most pressing issues society faces today, not like Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo and whether or not this questioner is looking to trade one. Uh, he can only start one in a one quarterback uh, league here. So which one has a higher bust chance relative to their ADP? Oh, this this is one of the best questions on the sheet is basically Mahomes versus Jimmy G. Uh, in terms of the bust rate, I think you have to go Garoppolo because of the, the lack of weapons. Um, you know, we hope and I know one of the questions about Pierre Garçon, I, we hope that he's going to be healthy, uh, but he is an older player. And in terms of, the, you know, Kittle, interesting, but, you know, we haven't we haven't totally seen it from him. Whereas with Mahomes, we've got Tyreek Hill, whatever Sammy Watkins, uh, if, he, if he's good, bad or indifferent. Uh, he's he's going to be uh, you know some sort of threat. Uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, you know Hill. I mentioned uh, so lots of weapons. Uh, Travis Kelsey, sorry, that's the name I'm struggling for <laughs> in Kansas City. So it's it's you know you're totally loaded there. You know Garoppolo. You take a look at the game logs. Actually, didn't really throw a ton of touchdowns. It was just the fact that San Francisco went from losing every game to winning every game with Garoppolo. So that's really inflated things. Uh, plus he's, you know, he's a great looking guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, there's just so many things, uh, going for, for Garoppolo. But yeah, I think that's, you know, causing things to be inflated. I would definitely go Mahomes. But on the trade market, yeah, I think, I think you should trade Garoppolo for those reasons I mentioned. But also, I think a lot of people, especially more casual leagues, are going to value Garoppolo. They just saw him play last year. Whereas Mahomes, you know, he played it, he was awesome in the preseason, looked decent, uh, in week 17, but saw a lot more Garoppolo, a lot more media attention. So in, in more casual leagues, I think you're definitely gonna, you're going to get more for Garoppolo, who you should be trading anyway. Who's the better looking guy, Jimmy G, or Tom Terrific? Oh wow, uh, I think it's Garoppolo. I mean, Brady wanted him out of there for for multiple reasons. That's including... it. That's the reason. <laughs> That's why he's not there because he's better looking than Tom Brady. We just solved everything. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from there, I'm with you, by the way, 100%. Jimmy G uh, is the sell in that category. Redraft, who's going to be the wide receiver to emerge in San Fran? Uh, it seems like most are still viewing Pierre Garcon as a wide receiver one, and then Pettis and Marcus Goodwin eating into each other's targets. Isn't it about time Garcon is no longer the de facto wide receiver one and Goodwin is potentially being underrated? What do you what do you think about that one? Yeah, I like I like where you're thinking here with Goodwin. So yeah, I think I think he is undervalued, and Garcon, you know, as I just talked about a little bit earlier, you know, coming off the neck injury, and you know he's an older guy anyway, so so plenty of concerns with Garcon. So yeah, if I can get a if, get a discount on the guy who could end up being better uh, with Goodwin, I, I would definitely go that route. Yeah, speaking of Pettis, man, I, and I'm a 49er fan. I should I should mention as well. And I was so heartbroken when they traded up and took Pettis with Gallup still on the board because I think he <laughs> I think he is such a natural replacement for a Gerson type. Uh, you know, Gallup is, is sort of built like him. He plays like him. Uh, Jeremy Macklin type as well. Just a real solid guy. So I think they what they should have done is drafted Michael Gallup to phase out Pierre Gerson. But as is, yeah, I'll go Goodwin. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go Goodwin here. Uh, you know, he's an air yards, uh, air yards maven and showed a good connection with, with Garoppolo once Garcon was out. So if I can get him cheaper and I think he's going to be better than that, uh, checks off of everything I need. Yep, with you there as well. And that's a, that's a frustrating thing with Pettis too. It's like you have to like him in the situation now, even though like your analytical mind inherently says, you know, there were other guys that if they were going to go that route, they probably should have went. But it's almost like Cooper Cup all over again, right? Where now that he's there, he's got the opportunity. You have, you have no choice but to throw your hands up in the air and, and say, okay, well, you know what? 
the scouting index won this one, and you're just going to have to take the value where, where it is, basically. Yeah. And this really stunk if you had uh, Trent Taylor in on your taxi squads mm-hmm. in Dynasty. Uh, that uh, Pettis pick really stunk for that as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With you on Trent Taylor. Um, almost as important, Eric, as the toilet paper issue in today's society is a hot dog, a sandwich. All right. I mean, this is uh, this is uh, we're going to go from from the heights to the low here because I think we're going to have a disagreement. I really can't stand hot dogs. So uh, <laughs> are hot dogs a sandwich? I don't know if hot dogs are a legitimate food. Uh, you know, there's the popular saying that uh, you don't want to know how the sausage is made. Well, I definitely don't want to know how the hot dog is made. So I don't care if it's a sandwich because I don't like hot dogs. Just awful, Eric. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? No, like, oh, oh. no, <laughs> we were getting along so well. Uh. <laughs> no, I'm with you, actually. I mean, you could not pick a more disgusting food to put in your stomach in terms of where it's made, how it's made, other than maybe bologna, which is, you know, basically like the same damn thing. But unfortunately, it's Chicago, and, you know, you got to have a good hot dog. But having said that, I guess technically it has a top, it has a bottom, there are two buns involved, and yes, unfortunately, that makes it a sandwich. But I will say, if you are one of these people that does say a hot dog is a sandwich, no, it's a freaking hot dog. You're a sadist, and just knock it off. That that's I'm not. Yeah, I'll take a real sandwich. Thank I'll, I'll you. concede. I'll concede all points on hot dogs. Just give me a real sandwich. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right, here we go. Let's do a lightning round here for uh, better overall season. First one, we got Sammy Watkins or Brandon Cooks. I like Brandon Cooks. Uh, I like the Los Angeles Rams. I think you know. I think the very late. I mean, I understand why you, you put both of these guys here, but for anybody to say Brandon Cooks can't be good because he's in the Sammy Watkins role, I don't think that really makes a lot of sense. Cooks is a better player. And he's more versatile. They're going to give it to him in, in a lot of different situations. It's not going to be just deep passes. And by the way, Jared Goff's accuracy on deep balls was actually very good. His volume was down, and the connection specifically between him and Watkins was bad. But other deep passes, Goff was fine. So if we turn up that volume a little bit more, if we get some of those to Brandon Cooks, uh, I like I like Cooks on a runaway here. With you there, Trey Burton or Kyle Rudolph? Yeah, I know you're I know you're a Chicago guy, and we were talking about the the hype on the Bears increasing, but I. Still think you got to go Kyle Rudolph here because we've we've seen it. We've seen big touchdown seasons from him. We've seen uh, Kirk Cousins connect with uh, Jordan Reed for a lot of touchdowns. So you know he's he's you know it's a totally different situation. Um, I, that's another argument I hate is Kirk Cousins has never supported a, a WR one, but I mean has he ever had Thielen and Diggs before? <laughs> uh, but overall, I just like the offense better. So I want the Minnesota guy. I think there's going to be more touchdowns for Kyle Rudolph. So that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. I am a Chicago guy. But, again, this is the recency bias. We saw Trey Burton do it last year. So, of course, he's going to do it this year in Chicago in a different, complete different situation. So, yeah, give me, give yeah, me Kyle Rudolph. Small samples, are they're more fun than a guy who's done it a couple different years. <laughs> always slow and steady, too. He always gets it done under the radar. He's not a sexy pick. You know, he, he's just one of those late-round guys that's just, you know, he's, he's – one of those trusty steeds, so to speak. So give me give me Kyle Rudolph there. Carry uh, on Johnson or Aaron Jones? I think this is definitely Aaron Jones. I think this is a pretty easy one. Detroit isn't a team that likes to run the ball anyway, and it's just a total. I mean, LeGarrette Blount is going to score the touchdowns. Theo Riddick, I think, is a great value. He's going to catch a lot of the passes. Aaron Jones, I, I know it's a sort of a, a three-way split here as well, but 
I, I just think the path to Aaron Jones, if, if any of these guys is going to dominate the backfield, it's definitely going to be Aaron Jones. So I, I think it's I think it's him easily. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Aaron Jones side. Although I will say I am I've warmed up to carry on Johnson. I, to your point about them never running, I, I think it's more of a product of them never being able to run. So I mean, if they can just figure out that whole being able to run thing, like I do see uh, a, a high. Well, that's, ceiling. that's a big thing. That's a big <laughs> thing to figure out when we're talking about running backs. It's not little, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so I do also, see also better offense. With Green Bay, so. yeah, one, yeah, that's undeniable there, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, I think it's unprobabilistic, but I mean, it's it's like if you're doing a zero RB ordeal, like, and you're looking for who's going to be the guy to rise to the top of the depth chart and have some opportunity to give you some upside, Carry On Johnson is one of those low prob- probabilistic type of guys that has a high ceiling. Should he get a stranglehold on that type of backfield? Is is that fair enough? Maybe? Maybe a little bit. Well, sure. If if that happens, I just I'm I'm worried about uh, I'm worried about the other guys. Like I said, when they get near the end zone, I think Blunt is is going to be the guy. And then Riddick is a, is a great pass catcher. So you know, there's that. Jones, I think is is a good receiver and a good runner. And like I said, a better better offense. So I I definitely got to go there. Um, I'm surprised if their ADPs are that close. I I would be surprised. I mean, I think we could get probably get both of these guys. You know, if, especially if we pick like near a turn or something, we could end mm-hmm. up with both of these guys on, on the same squad. Yeah, absolutely. I think I did see these guys within a round of one another there. So hundred percent still with you on the Aaron Jones side though. Um all right, Jimmy Graham or Delaney Walker? This is oh this is a great one. I think Walker's gonna be a little bit more consistent week, you know, week to week, even though, you know, his his touchdowns, I think he had like a rushing touchdown. It was like all he had for most of the year, something something really crazy. <laughs> Whereas Jimmy Graham was the complete opposite where he didn't catch anything unless unless it was a touchdown. Um, get out of here with the, the Green Bay tight end history. I mean, they've never had what, what were we talking about, like Bubba Franks and, and Jared Cook. I mean, we're not talking about Jimmy Graham, even if he's the older version. It's still Aaron Rodgers. There's no Jordy, you know, there's no Jordy Nelson. So we need somebody in the red zone to to fix that. So Jimmy Graham could certainly be that guy in a best ball situation. I think it's easily Jimmy Graham because of those those touchdown opportunities. But um, in redraft, I'm probably not going to take either one of these guys. So you know, whoever whoever were to fall, I guess I, w- I would go with. But uh, I think Walker's going to be a little bit more consistent. So if I really had to take one, maybe it's like a two tight end league, something fun like that. I'll, I'll go Walker's consistency over Graham, uh, unless it's best ball. So I'm going to throw a lot of qualifiers on this one. <laughs> yeah, you know what? These guys are so close to each other, you have to include the qualifiers. I'll take the Graham side just for the touchdown upside, what we're looking for from our tight ends, unless you get one of the high-volume guys. So, uh, But, yeah, tit for tat here. How about Will Fuller or Devin Funchess? Yeah, this is another really great debate here. I think I'm, I think I'm going to be in probably the minority and say Devin Funchess. I know that there's, you know, if you take a look at, like, on-off type of stuff, when, when Greg Olson is on the field – you know the numbers go down for Devin Funchess, um, but I like him. I like him a lot. I think you know he he started to excel last year. Had a shoulder injury, and then things went down. Uh, Fuller, though, I mean, any given week, you know, we could see two big touchdowns from him. But I think there's you know there's going to be some weeks where you you know you're going to take uh, some pretty small numbers. Whereas Funchess, I think he's going to get something. Uh, you know, they added DJ Moore as well. But I, I don't think that this I don't, I don't think it really affects Devin Funchess all that much. You know, he's essentially a better version of what we saw with Kelvin Benjamin. So he can, he can get to a thousand yards. He can, you know, put up some touchdowns. So I, I like that consistency a little bit more. 
Very good. Uh, last one here on the lightning round here. Royce Freeman or Ronald Jones? I'm going to go Royce Freeman here. I think he can get right to the top of the Denver backfield. And we talked about a little bit earlier with, with Keenum, with Sanders, with Thomas, if he's got a little bit more uh, for, for another year or two in the tank. I think that uh, that offense could be a little bit better than we expect. So I'll take Royce Freeman here. I don't know on this one. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I also think Ronald Jones goes to the top of the backfield in in his team setting as well, right? So basically, I'm just coming down to who do I think is going to have the better team, being the more positive game scripts, and I... I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is really close. I feel like Royce Freeman probably is going to be a little bit more trustworthy. Like, Ronald Jones, you know, I, geez, it, it's like a couple years ago, right, where I was still thinking Charles Sims could potentially be a pass-catching type of guy in the league, and maybe he still can be. And I think I would bank on that more than the competition with Royce Freeman. So I'll, I'll side with you and go Royce Freeman as well. And Peyton, Peyton Barber, I know Matt, Matt's talked about Peyton Barber on a couple of the podcasts, but yeah, Peyton Barber is also, I think he's really, really undervalued. I think he could be a guy who could sneak in here if, if Jones isn't, uh, isn't all that particularly great. I wasn't super excited about him in the pre-draft process, so that's kind of why I'm going Freeman here. Uh, anyway, but I think Barber could sneak up. You mentioned Charles Sims, so I think that the competition is a little bit better, and I don't like the player as much, so those are definitely reasons uh, why, uh, why I'm going Freeman. Good stuff there. All right, moving on. Redraft, I was high coming into the season on Joe Mixon, but his ADP climbed over the last couple of weeks. Are you letting others draft him at this point, or are you still clicking draft? Yeah, I'm okay with it. We've got him uh, in the in the draft kit here. We have him as player 35 overall above Jordan Howard. So um, I, would, I, would, I agree with that. Uh, I would take him over Howard. Um, you know, his pass catching role is, is non-existent with, uh, with Tariq Cohen. Mixon is a guy who... You know, I mean, the usage is weird because Cincinnati, you know, they were really reluctant to, to give him uh, the full workload uh, early last season, and then it kind of came on later on. They made some improvements, thankfully, uh, along their offensive line. Nothing super drastic, but it's not going to be the disaster it was a year ago. So, yeah, Mixon, I think, is a guy that, that the hype could continue to rise on. Again, I, I would take him over your guy, Jordan Howard, in uh, in Chicago. So. <laughs> My um, guy, yeah, I think not that my makes, guy. I think that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely would take him over guys, uh, you know, Alex Collins, Lamar Miller, some of these guys who, uh, who I either don't like or, or maybe won't catch as many passes. Um, you know, Miller, Miller's a receiver. I just, just don't like him, but, uh, Mixon is a guy I think we, you know, they, they really could, uh, saddle and, and give a lot of, a lot of touches, a lot of opportunities too. So yeah, I think that, that ADP will continue to, uh, just to keep going up. So. Yeah, McCoy is the guy that I think is going to be the big guy who, who sinks down. So where would you go, McCoy versus Mixon? I'm still taking Mixon there. In a scenario like that where, you know, you've got the guy on the decline, on the age curve, so to speak. you got the guy on the up and up coming off a bad season. Not bad season. I mean, just didn't get the opportunity to your point. Cincinnati had a bad season. And it's one of those where if you're the coach, at that point, even a Marvin Lewis should have the, the foresight to say, you know what, yeah, we're not going to go out and, and just get this guy you know, dinged up. Uh, we, we understand what he can do. It's not about him getting reps right now. You know, We're really just going to kind of move on from this season, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think you're going to see Joe Mixon just take much more workload than he got last year. And, you know, LaShawn McCoy is just in an awful situation. Granted, he's always been in an awful situation, but, you know, I, 
in these situations, give me give me the young guy on the up and up versus the guy that you know could could pull a hammy this week and then be with a questionable tag for the rest of the year. And that's just the way I'd lean. All right, here we go, Eric. Take a favorite or popular movie and change one word. What is the new movie about while still using the same characters? All right, so admittedly, well, let's let's take people behind the scenes. This is a question I didn't know how to answer because this, this is really tough. You're like a movie aficionado, it seems <laughs> like. Uh, I'm not. So what I'm going to do here is uh, I'm going to take two movies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jam them together because I love Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So I'm going to mix that with Con Air because I want to get <laughs> Nicolas Cage against William Shatner in an all-time spectacular Star Trek, just total geek fest. I want Nicolas Cage uh, uh, on the bridge uh, reciting Moby Dick going after William Shatner as Captain Kirk. So Star Trek II, The Wrath of Con Air. <laughs> I'll take it. I like it a lot. Now, how many movies have we seen in in evil Nick Cage, right? Like where – yeah, the, it's going to be like the new Kevin Bacon game. It's going to be like the Nicolas Cage game, <laughs> like the next generation. Uh, yeah, Nick Nick Cage is everywhere. So let's let's get him in Star Trek. And uh, by the way, if you are uh, the draft kit and into Star Trek, check out my Naheem Hines video. I'll leave it at that. But I've gone, I've boldly gone where no fantasy football analyst has gone before. Nicely done. Very nicely done. <laughs> I am very impressed. Nicely done. All right. There we go. Uh, Dynasty, Chris Godwin and a 2019 third or a 2019 first? Who? Uh, I mean, we got to slow down here. Chris Godwin, I, I like the player, but if we're talking about 19 firsts, that's, that's a little too much for Godwin. I know, you know, I think we're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves. You know, we want him to supplant. Uh, Deshaun Watson this year most definitely should do it next year, but you know we're, this is still you know Mike Evans is still still the guy here, so a, you know a future first for Godwin that that's just too steep for me, so I, I would I would pass on that. He's, you know there's really no path for him to be the the lead guy, so to the first round that that's just too much for Chris Godwin as much as I like him. Um, so yeah, if, if that would be off the table if you want to do like a second and third like we talked about earlier with Duke Johnson. I would uh, maybe maybe consider that, um, but yeah, not not for a first, not for Godwin. Can't do that. Yeah, I'm with I'm with your side on this. I I get the trade right. I do see a window opening up. I mean, if G D Jax goes down right, um, you know, and and potentially doesn't sign on for another year, I believe there's very minimalistic cap um, impact without Deshaun Jackson post this season. Chris Godwin, things could open up, and I I like him right, but I mean, I believe this is also going to be the year where you know the pendulum from a draft perspective is going to swing back to wide receivers as well right so at that point you, you know you, you paid a first for chris godwin when there's potentially um equal or potential rising talent available with that pick as well yeah my my biggest problem with that is and, I don't, and i'm all for tra- trading 2019 first but if i'm doing that it's probably because i'm a contender and i want somebody who's going to help me right now now deshaun jackson could go down and, and godwin is a big factor this year but we don't know that so if i'm a contender Adding Chris Godwin right now just doesn't make sense to me, so I'm all for trading that pick. But let let's get somebody else, uh, you know, who's going to help us out now. Very good insight there as well. All right, your worst fast food or restaurant horror story. Well, I have small children, and you know, trying to take them to. <laughs> <fast> <laughs> Anytime you go out, it's a horror story, right? Yeah. So there's always that 
But the worst ever is, especially with fast food, if they screw up my order, uh, I always say no pickles, uh, no onion, (laughs) and no mustard. So if any of those three things end up on my burger, that pretty much becomes a horror story. Uh, Onions, I I can live with. Mustard, I'll let that slide a little bit. But pickles, pickles, I have to send it back because especially once you crunch into it, it, the, that pickle juice like leaks out into the it's just oh it's gross i know there's plenty of people who love pickles and they're asking who is this guy who doesn't like hot dogs doesn't like pickles uh but that that's just who i am um uh, so yeah anytime uh oh, man if if they put pickles on my burger and my kids are acting crazy then that that's a horror show <laughs> so a couple things on that right like i think it's a very fair take on pickles by the way like i do like pickles but i like there there are two things for the pickle right it either a has to be cold or b it has to have some crunch to it all right and a pickle is not meant to be freaking soggy and just like slithering on your burger like a mcdonald's pickle right like that is just the worst thing in the world and not only do i not like it to your point my kids don't like it. I cannot go and order easy ketchup only. That's what I need for my kids. Easy ketchup only. And I shit you not, eight times out of ten, every fucking time I bring that thing back, get it out, it has mustard, it has onion, it has pickle, and even, you know how this goes, man, even if you try to swipe it off the burger bun, they know. Like, it's just intuitive, and the kids, they oh, know yeah, it's you're, been you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. Uh, these are real first world problems, by the way, Jeremy, that, that we have. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's funny. You know, when I talking about bratty kids, I'll throw myself under the bus. I would give my parents a hard time because I would, when they would give me the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the jelly needed to be on the top. That's the way I needed, I needed to have my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it would blow my mind. They would turn their back to me, flip it over, hand it back. What? Whoa. I mean, it's amazing. So. <laughs> That's great. Did did you make the mistake of cutting the crust off the sandwiches for your kids? No, that's a that's a bridge too far. Nobody ever cut crust off. Nobody ever cut the crust off for me. I'm not, I'm not going to do that for any other person. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it for the for the, for a couple of them. I did it for my three year old, and now I cannot give her a sandwich oh, with crust. Now no. it was the worst I, mistake in the world. Yeah, as much as much as they catered to my jelly on top thing, I, I didn't even know no crust was an option. I that was that was not on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Too early sizzling hot take for the 2018-19 season. All right, unfortunately, this hot take is not new. Um, I have said this somewhere else on a podcast. I, I might have tweeted it as well. However, uh, let's get some more traction. Sam Bradford will start more games than Andrew Luck. Damn it, Eric. You know I helped write the Apologetic Sam Bradford book, right? (laughs) No, I did not know that. Like, I don't need to hear that. Like, save me from myself. I don't need to go doing irresponsible things like drafting (laughs) Sam Bradford because Uh, you come on the show. If you you can get him in a 2QB league, uh, (laughs) I have a... I have a league where I've got Alex Smith and like another guy in an early bye week. And man, I, I was kept bugging the Sam Bradford owner because I, I want him just for like that first month cover my bye weeks. It's um, so hot. And yeah. you know, with, with them taking Rosen, uh, you know, the, the value, you know, just went down. So yeah, go ahead, trade for him, trade for AJ McCarron, see how cheap you can get him in two QB. Cause I think he might start all the games as bad as Josh Allen is. So get, get these horrible quarterbacks. <laughs> Where's well, Brad, Bradford's not horrible. Bradford's not horrible. I'm sorry. That that's I crossed the line there. Uh McCann McCann is bad. Uh, Bradford's okay. It hurt. 
<laughs> That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast. If you have any questions you want answered on the RV Mailbag, hit us up via email, rotavisradio at gmail.com, or on Twitter at rotavisradio using the hashtag RV Mailbag. Eric, man, many thanks for carving out the time and kicking off the season with us. Um, I know we already talked about the draft kit here. Any other plugs that you want to throw down here? Uh, no, man, just playerprofiler.com. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a proud paying subscriber of Rotoviz. Uh, everybody should be as well. Support, support your local pizza. Don't go buy Pizza Hut and Domino's if, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, you know, the guys at Rotoviz, the guys at Player Profiler, we, we work our ass off. So, you know, we want to help pay some, some guys that uh, work on these sites. So yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome if you're a subscriber mean, means the world to, uh, to all of us. But don't support your local hot dog joint though. That'd be bad. Well, I mean, they, they got to make a living too. There's people that like hot dogs. I have nothing against people who like hot dogs. It's, it's just, you know, it's not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> one of us is going to be smart. He's the smart one. I'm not. He's Eric McClung. That's M-C-C-L-U-N-G on Twitter. And please don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. It's not a problem. I'm saying it should be doing this. Okay. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay, I got gotcha. you. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not complaining. No, I'm saying it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm deaf as a doorknob, right? So I turn all my shit up real high, and every once in a while, I'll hear somebody say, "I can hear myself." I think I'm hearing myself through you. It's a downside of, uh, you know, I guess all that rave music when I was, you know. Young. <laughs> I know, man. You, yeah. Like I said on the show before, you lived a life, man. That the the story <laughs> with the car. Dude, I'll never forget that. I, I like I could quit fantasy football for 20 years. And I'm gonna remember that story of like this crazy story I heard on a podcast once. <laughs> God, his balls in here. Oh my God. But also, he was in Chicago and he was like talking about. He was like, it's so fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, dude, it's just it's awful. I mean, the humidity it's, it it can get worse than Vegas out here. It's like you're just scraping your balls off your leg. It's like my daughter's oh. slime. No, I did not reuse the outline from the last show. I did? Not at all. Why? Who would do that? That's very unprofessional. God, his balls in here. Oh, my God. Oh, oh! so that's like the um, when you put your toilet paper roll on the reel. Do you, oh. Is it, do you got, yeah, do you swipe down or do you pull from the back? It's, it's, oh. it's pressing, you know, pressing stuff. Like, it's, pretty, it's a criticality of today's world, basically. I think you go, oh... Man, I should go check. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that meant like when you're at the store, like over, like, or do you buy expensive toilet paper? Like, I mean, not the super expensive toilet paper, but uh, we, do you can, pay we up? can get into that too. That sounds fun. Yeah, like I pay up for, you know, like, uh, 
<laughs> DFS, like, hey, am I, am I going to pay up for quarterback this week? I pay up for toilet paper. Pay, pay up to be <laughs> contrarian, right? Yeah, pay up. No, nobody should be, everybody, that should be the, the chalk move is to pay up for toilet paper. The <laughs> Charmin Ultra Soft is really the end of the toilet paper Yeah, I am, I am 100% with you. It is nothing but Charmin Ultra Soft in this house. I refuse. I have yeah. tried it all. I have tried the, the great value version. I have tried it all. No, there's, there's no value. It's there's no. bad toilet paper. There's no value in it. Maybe it's not Pulp Fiction. It's Pulp Friction. It's, it's John Travolta's story, uh, basically just his struggle with not trying to, to bang Marcellus Wallace's wife. That is 100% the porn version of Pulp Fiction. The latter is like the size of a peanut. <laughs>